Welcome to another episode of House of Decline. We've been doing a lot of solo episodes recently, but we've come back with a guest. And what a guest. Posting legend. You know her as Juniper, but she's June. You also know her podcast, Western Kabuki. A wonderful podcast about uh, the excesses and dregs of the internet and how we perform. It's Juniper, a.k.a. June. Well, mostly known as June. How are you doing, June? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I am just fancy. It's been a harrowing week for me because I was very sad about Johnny Hardwick dying. I was like, out of the recent spate of celebrity deaths, that's the one that got to me the most. And I did a big weepy post about it. Yeah, they're all dying so suddenly now. It's a shame. Celebrities didn't die like this back in the day. No, we didn't. We never had celebrities live forever back (laughs) in the day. You know, once you had a celebrity around, you know, you would felt comfortable knowing that you would die before Sheena Easton. (laughs) You know, I need to know that Sheena Easton has outlived me or else, you know, I won't be satisfied. I know it's it's so sad that death was invented like three years ago when the jab yeah, yeah. the jab the god forsaken jab the, yeah was before that yeah no one died before no. that <laughs> no yeah it was a it was a whole that's you know everyone lived uh, biblical uh, lengths of of lives you <laughs> yeah, know everyone yeah. was just like Noah three thousand years old or whatever yeah they were constantly begetting people <laughs> and then dooming their their sons for witnessing them naked. Uh, it's a weird story people forget about the after part of that story but you know i don't even i grew up catholic and i don't even know if i know that story they don't tell us that shit the end of so there's so noah the the other part of the noah story that people forget is i think i don't know if he invents wine but i think he's he might be credited for also inventing alcohol and at one point in his tent after the storm happens he gets drunk and starts carousing around naked (laughs) and then ham his son ham uh seeks uh, sees his father naked and then he is banished and <laughs> some racist interpretations of christianity say that's where hamites or black people come from and shem oh. covers up his father's nudity and that's where semites come from that's where the people of israel come from is because he was shem was not banished because he didn't see his father's drunk penis and as for Japheth. Who knows about Japheth? Yeah. <laughs> they should really be teaching this um, in, like, second grade, you know. Like, this should be religious studies. Uh, yeah. People should they, know about this, about yeah. his drunken penis. Yeah. See, see, no one wants to see their dad's dick. That's like, the Bible is covering these essential stories. What happens if you see your dad's dick vanished? It's over for you. <laughs> you're, you're, I didn't know you were raised Catholic. That's interesting. I was, yeah. I, so... N- like my my so my parents were they they were like the type of parents that were like you know we want like the best for for our kids you know they, sure, yeah. I feel like there was like this lie um in in America I don't know if it's still kind of a thing um because I'm 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 older now and I I don't really know people that have kids um but like in, like a very like mindset of this time at least in America in the Midwest it was like oh like private schools catholic schools you know these these type of institutions were always better so Mm -hmm. they thought like oh if private schools are better we have to like raise raise our kids catholic because that means (laughs) you know these are the smart kids (laughs) so like we so i grew up catholic but like we didn't really like ever go to church i just kind (laughs) of like got some of those teachings you know like i i I went i went to church a little bit like as a kid but like it was very clearly just like very performative on my parents end Mm -hmm. um but it was enough to kind of get that like early religious trauma and kind of like make me go through that early like 2010s 
or t- 2000s 2010s like edgy atheist phase you know like <laughs> yeah. th- that, like every catholic kind of has <laughs> oh yeah well especially coming up in a child that's the bush years during that time you would have been very young when that was happening but still enough to like register yeah fuck religion because you know <laughs> it's causing a million people to die right now. i mean they were ultimately <laughs> correct in that yeah absolutely I mean, the corollary to that is, like, atheism was also marshaled by people like Bill Maher and Christopher Hitchens in order to kill a million people, which is is why I think we backed off on the atheism a little. It's coming back, though, I've noticed. Like, people are getting, like, should we do atheism again? Is it happening again? (laughs) It does seem like it, but also, like, it's it's crazy because, like, people like... um, what's his name uh richard dawkins mm-hmm. have have come back into the limelight but now their whole thing is being transphobic again of yes. course it's like yeah that's like ever like all of the, the, the like new atheist type people in like the early 2010s like that era like new atheist they're all either dead like christopher yeah. hitchens <laughs> or they are they're engaging in like the homophobic type yeah. shit which is or like, the, yeah, the huge freaks like sam harris as well i for, always yeah. forget the fourth guy who was in that atheist crew there was a fourth guy was <laughs> yeah like, he was uh, like I, I he was like i forget his name but he was just like some magician like he was like <laughs> if oh, i was remember it? correctly he was just like a, a ma- magic dude that would like challenge um religious people to like some challenges i forget that's exactly james randy i think that's yes. james randy or t- i don't james know if he was randy. the fourth guy but he was also part of that whole atheist. and yeah and penn and teller as well when, <laughs> when i was because i watched penn and teller's bullshit as a as a young impressionable teenager and i was yeah, tricked I mean, into libertarianism <laughs> by magicians they had some good they had some good shit honestly there were some good they segments did. yeah uh, but it, that is really funny that like part of <laughs> part of the new atheist wave was led by magicians yeah <laughs> these goddamn magicians <laughs> I mean, it's always been. I mean, Houdini was a rationalist and a skeptic. They've always had that sort of thing. Houdini's big thing was debunking people. Yeah, because, I mean, it uh, makes sense. That's kind of their their whole deal. Is is um, I mean, not that their stunts necessarily um, disprove things, but I, I think they, to get to that point where they want to do stuff like that, they're fascinated by like maybe decoding these tricks and trying to deceive people. So I guess it's kind of a very similar mindset. Yeah, there is a um, there is sort of a meta, almost Brechtian aspect to it, where because they're alerting you to the artifice of their theatrical performance, you know, it creates some sort of amusement or some sort of, as as Brecht performance would call it, <laughs> the Fremdung's effect or alienating <laughs> effect, uh, which is sort of part of the Penn and Teller humor. I like I like them a lot, especially I've, uh, uh, previously on the podcast I extolled the virtues of their video game Desert Bus. <laughs> which I think is a very funny conceptual video game. Uh, if you have you heard of Desert Bus? I, I have not. I was just going to ask what the hell Desert Bus is. Uh, it's it's about you do the 6-hour drive from Los Angeles to Las Vegas and you have to keep pressing left on the wheel or else you will crash every 3 seconds and it's just the desert. And it's just empty. De- it's, and, so it's, and, it's like truck simulator, but like worse. Somehow. Yeah, way yeah. worse. And it also has these uh, like very primitive graphics as well. It's a, it's, it's a very, but I, I, I think it's a, as a concept, as a conceptual game, I think it's great. I think it's mm-hmm. uh, endlessly fascinating. <laughs> <clears throat> no, but with, with Penn and Teller, I, I, I don't think they're like the worst people that kind no. of come out of that era. They're, they're fine. They basically just stick to their performance. I think yeah, they're definitely not transphobic or anything like that they seem no. they seem uh, not part of that whole anti-woke culture war as much as other people from that era yeah like bill maher you know all those people yeah. that's like the whole thing now is they're they're only in the news for being transphobic 
Yeah, we lost <laughs> Bill Maher. I mean, we never had Bill Maher. He was always sort of a weird guy. Yeah, there was like that. I, I don't. I don't know how much of this we were. I, I. I don't know the format on this typically, but we're 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 gonna delve into the 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 uh, 2010s religious era. Mm. But like the, <laughs> but like with um, Bill Maher and like Sam Harris, you mentioned their mm-hmm. their whole thing was kind of. Um, what was it like anti like Islam yeah, sentiments, yeah. which which I like I think kind of can be fair like I think it's hard to just like talk about this especially these days because you don't want to like be no, yeah is like Islamophobic but like there was like a somewhat truth to like all yeah of I don't like any religion yeah you know, that's I, how I'm I feel. Jewish I don't like Judaism you know it's not <laughs> none of it is good in my mind you know if I'm yeah. if I'm being perfectly I understand why people need it like I don't. I, like, I think, you know, I have a general liberal philosophy of, you know, it's better if we're not killing each other, so you should let people believe what they believe and try and, you know, tamp it down if it enters your social life too much. But when stuff yeah. like Dobbs happens, you know, you start foaming at the mouth and being yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, and I, I feel like that new atheist moment back then died when a yeah. lot of those those people kind of started being really, really weird with, like, Islam. Yeah. And like more than just like just like a hey religious institutions are bad they they got like really freaky about like yeah. anti-islam and then that led into like the anti-feminist wave i don't know yeah. i feel like people have talked about this a lot like it's a yeah. very fascinating through line to like where we are now politically the sarkeesian effect yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh but uh, yeah i think the difference is like what they would argue is that islam is a uniquely bad religion like right. it is, is it is much worse and that's why you know for all the faults of christendom you know we have ascended <laughs> past you know our savagery when no because obviously <laughs> we kill way more of them than they kill of us so no yeah. we are we are the big savages we are the evil encroaching you know, yeah, and we're still we're we're still sending people to like Africa and like influencing uh, a lot of like their law to be like like a lot of that like homophobic yeah law that's being passed in some countries down in like Africa comes from a lot of like Western a lot of American institutes like it, from their from from their like law writing uh, oh yeah yeah it's, it's 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 crazy that we're still kind of doing a lot of this shit and we, we, we they try to pretend that they're like not bad anymore it's like come yeah. on. Chick-fil-A still gets a pass from people, but they're still funding this shit. They're still funding the kill the gays bills. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. But no, they're uh they're not the Lord's chicken anymore though, because of uh the the, the woke hysteria. Have, did you see that? There was that No, post. there was woke hysteria about Chick-fil-A? No, <laughs> yeah, what, there was what this... happened? What happened? I forget, <laughs> I forget the exact thing that happened. But it was it was during the whole like Pride Month um back in june um the whole pride month dylan mulvaney hysteria that right wingers were going on that's kind of mostly died out now i would say at least to where where we saw it but there was this like tiktok that was making the rounds um uh so basically this one person found out that that chick-fil-a takes um what's what's the the funding that is like basically you have like diversity training and you'll mm-hmm. get funding from this like international organization do you know what that is i forget i'm not i don't know the specific thing now so so basically they do like chick-fil-a does diversity training uh which pretty they, much they, most... they read out settlers to people yeah. they were doing <laughs> yeah they were reading out white fragility to the, yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> they're like yeah uh people uh, white other people people that are are not white exist uh people might have pronouns um that yeah. so that's basically the extent of it sure, yeah. but but so this person found it out and was like 
Chick-fil-A is no longer the Lord's chicken. <laughs> we have no to boycott. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we have to boycott Chick-fil-A. And there was a little moment where people like genuinely were mad about Chick-fil-A being woke. Meanwhile, they're still funding the the those gay <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that you I mentioned mean, those things, yeah. Yeah, it's just even if you get funding from one of those the, the other thing is they don't want to get sued and you get sued if you get <laughs> human rights complaints if you discriminate <laughs> against your employees. So yeah. of course you do the diversity training in order to <laughs> get the regulators and the potential sewers off your back, but Yeah. Uh, no, you, it's the Lord's chicken, you know? It's, it's you'd no have longer to, the Lord's chicken. If you are not oppressing your minority workers, I will not eat your chicken. <laughs> that's that's definitely how they are. It's yeah. Oh, you had an ad with a trans woman? You have to go under. Yeah. Evil corporation now. Well, you know, uh, that, that shit was uh, so bizarre. I mean, it, it was inevitable, <laughs> but it was also bizarre. Do you think, like, when Bud Light was doing it, they calculated, oh, this is going to piss a lot of people off, <laughs> and we're going to have a lot of good negative press as a result of this? Or, you know, some it, people theorized that uh, yeah. when this was happening, because it really seemed like maybe they could have, but, like, I feel like no one expected this. Like, they, I don't know, that, to, that would be an insane thing to, like, want to happen yeah i i feel like there's no way that they like calculated this would happen i think maybe a little bit maybe they thought like oh it'll create discussion like it might be with that like yeah. sort of cynical type of thing it's sort of like I, a, I love elvis i hate elvis thing the people who are you know who like woke capitalism will really be into this and the people that uh you know dislike this will be talking about it and bud will be on everyone's lips throughout the <laughs> yeah. entire summer and it was but not in sort of any productive way yeah it was just a really annoying uh brain rotting mm -hmm. type of way that you'd wake up and it's like day 76 of bud light discourse lovely yeah. <laughs> oh the rich men and rich men making me drink bud light <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's what that's something that uh, that's a posting guy that happened this week is the uh rich men and rich, richmond guy yeah where did that guy so he's definitely like a um, industry plant right like, i'd no have way. no idea who it, it could be they're doing a sound of freedom thing where they're buying up uh <laughs> tickets to boost him or they're buying up uh, uh download sales to boost him or something like that but yeah all i, I know, know is i logged on one day and all of a sudden this guy everyone was talking about this guy he has like two hundred thousand followers on twitter uh new account as of like two days ago it's like something is going on here this isn't this yeah. can't all be natural i don't know feels a little fishy but it's uh definitely a little fishy it has caught on with the right wing said and everyone gets to have an opinion about it because uh i think he's <laughs> portraying himself to be some sort of centrist says, no sir i don't uh, everyone hates fat people on welfare right you know that's a centrist attitude you know yeah that's i saw the uh I, I decided to finally look at the lyrics and the that yeah it was like, talking about fat people talking about i'll read the third verse i don't know if you <laughs> i haven't read the whole thing i have i'm very interested let us read about the rich man north of richmond yeah, so this is the third verse. Okay, actually, so this is, I think it's, I don't know if this is the second verse, but I'll do the end of whatever this is into the third verse. All right. I'm not going to sing because I, I don't, I don't uh, do that. That's, yeah, I don't know the, just... I don't know the melody anyway. <laughs> I guess I don't either. <laughs> okay. Lord, we got folks in the streets, ain't got nothing to eat, and the obese milk and welfare. Well, God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. <laughs> Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground because all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. You're trying to take their fudge rounds away, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like uh, that's what's what's so funny about like the Matt Walsh post about this, where it's like this is so clearly not about politics. This is about people feeling downtrodden in this country. And then you look mm-hmm. at half the lyrics, and it's about be- people yeah. being fat. It's classic like, okay, welfare dude. queen shit, you know, the classic <laughs> yeah. stuff they've been uh, hammering home since the eighties. Yeah, but yeah, I, like this I, would be perfect on Bill O'Reilly. But in that, I mean, that's like a, a populist dissatisfaction. I shouldn't use the term populist. That's the wrong term. It actually means something, populism. So, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I should say the popular dissatisfaction with government is a very easy thing to, yeah, of course you hate the government. Oh, the government. Oh, <laughs> yeah, tax. Oh, taxes. I don't, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, so like, especially if you like you grew up in that sort of environment, that sort of family, like a right wing family. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of all you hear. Uh, so, of course, that's going to just kind of be on your mind. I mean, not that I turned out that way, but I grew up in a right wing family. Like, I mean, half my family is like libs. The other half is like my, my parents are right wing. So, like, I heard a little bit of that, like, you know, that hysteria about government or like Obama being evil. But like, I don't know, you got to like, <laughs> like all it takes is like a little bit of thinking like, oh, you know what? Maybe Obama isn't demonic. Uh, Maybe he sucks for other reasons, but yes. he's not demonic. <laughs> he's not killing. He's not killing babies. He's not getting two thousand hot dogs, which are secretly male prostitutes, uh, male sex workers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, yeah, I always had a running joke on this show where Obama went to the Epstein Island, but he waited outside. He didn't actually participate. Wasn't into it. You know? Not his crowd, yeah. Yeah, no. Me and Alan yeah. Dershowitz, we were standing outside. We were just playing forts. <laughs> that's an older episode. <laughs> that's word for word from a bit from an older episode. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Obama is like demonic a... not for, like, actual demon reasons, but just for right. the usual reasons, you know. Yeah, like... yeah, no, yeah. Like, there's, like, I, I do like how there's, like, a strain of right-wing people that still to this day will see, like, red like the color red in like mm. a pop music performance and being like lizzo is of the devil because there's <laughs> yeah. red yeah it's like that sort of stuff is so fascinating to me it's like I, I like i genuinely forget that people still believe in like demonism and they like, really do yeah people yeah. are dark-sided yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are evil forces about people will, how can you look at sam smith and be afraid are you what are you doing how can you look at sam smith and i fear this this is this is this, terrible. <laughs> yeah, like if, like the only thing I think about them is just that they're kind of goofy looking and yeah. probably make music that's perfect for like forty-year-old like suburban white women. Like I, I don't I really know like anything them beyond. Yeah, they got my body type. You know, they got you know my pudgy body type. I like it when they're in straps and the straps go into their pudge because that's what will happen to me. Yeah, that's, that's great, yeah. Representation. Representation. great representation. Yeah, I love it. And that's what it. America needs more is slightly bigger dudes. Yeah. 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 We, yeah. We need to, uh, you know, split the difference. Lizzo, she's out now. We're going for a smaller <laughs> type of body positive. <laughs> yeah, Lizzo canceled. It's over. You can't. You can't do that anymore. No yeah. more. Yeah. No <laughs> more. No more body positivity. We're back. We're back to Kate Moss. Okay. It's it's Kate Moss again. We're bringing back um, the biggest loser. That's going to be the biggest show again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, people. Uh, we're bringing back Celebrity Fit Club. Doctor Drew's going to kill a, <laughs> kill some more celebrities for us. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, I wanted to talk about because you have an extensive posting history. I wanted to ask some like posting questions that are only relevant. <laughs> So, so we're in sort of a weird position where we're both, you know, we both have like, we're, we're, we don't have no, 
wealth or providence or real power in this world but we have a right. lot of followers on social media for some reason <laughs> and that's basically the same thing as having wealth um, yeah and, and political power yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can say anything to me because yeah i have this number next to my name so just, just say anything i'm not a person i am an right. idea at this point which you know i can't complain about because you know i'm still out here posting you know i i like it when i get attention of course yeah who doesn't i mean yeah. if, if people will always be like oh you're doing this for clout you're saying this for for the attention it's like i mean if you're on social media to some level like to some extent you kind of are doing all of this for attention yeah so i've always thought that critique to be kind of a weird thing because like yeah like aren't you on social media for attention like if not from a massive audience from like people that you're friends with that follow you yeah like i, I don't know it's always very strange to me people don't want to admit it because it's like wanting <laughs> attention is is any t form of vulnerability you know if you admit any form of vulnerability forget it then people can make fun of you people should be more vulnerable it's 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 fun it's nice being vulnerable yeah you, yeah. you feel so much less pressure if you're just okay with being sort of goofy and not taking yourself that seriously yeah definitely but yeah also like that very strong strain of like judgment-based posting where you know someone will do something in uh uh so, some minor petty infraction and people will get very mad about it we, which i've definitely engaged in before you know, <laughs> who hasn't i mean yeah. it, especially if it's like I'm doing air quotes, but like the right target, you know, like yeah. it's like some guy messed up like just too many times and now he's become like an acceptable target yeah. to, to go in on or like, you know, just th that that's a very common thing that I, I try not to engage in as much anymore unless oh, it's yeah. like as we, we talked about, like before we started recording, like if it's like a right winger that's kind of like a major freak like yeah. a really bad dude like i think that's like yeah. acceptable well cuz they actually have a shot if they're also on this public platform they have a shot at influencing people their opinion actually might affect you materially in a in right. a negative way such that it's worthy to fight them whereas if someone's just behaving like <laughs> stupidly it's like you don't really need to go in on them that hard you know they're not they're yeah. not affecting you in any significant way the most I'll do at this point is usually just block people being really excessively weird about yeah. things I say, which I think is fine. That should be how most people handle things like that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you, you want to put everyone to task, but at some point you're just getting so many replies, you know, you can't. <laughs> I mean, you're actually out there doing politics stuff. I don't, I rarely post opinions now because I just get so exhausted of like, uh, fuck you, you asshole. I don't want to <laughs> Like, I feel I'm right, but I just don't want to deal with the onslaught of, of negativity constantly. Yeah, no, that's understandable. I think, I think it's, it's a lot more fun because like I'll do like a mix. I'll, I'll kind of do like, you know, some dumb shit posts and then I'll, I will do like politics stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that balance makes social media like more tolerable for me, at least in particular, because it is really exhausting to do like primarily just politics posting, especially when it's, you know, like really close to the heart, sort of like social, mm -hmm. like a trans type of like the, the whole like Dylan Mulvaney hysteria that was like so genuinely exhausting and so yeah. many trans people got so have gotten so scared um yeah during that period that shit um, was so, fucked up it was so fucked up yeah but so i totally get why <laughs> you just want to post stuff that makes you laugh uh it's more fun to do that i will say <laughs> yeah but you know sometimes i mean i posted opinion i think hamilton is the worst thing of all time and people are in my <laughs> um you have a very you don't have a very strong opinion of art. You clearly haven't seen a lot of artwork if you think Hamilton is, you know, <laughs> yeah. just those little pissy comments where you're like, oh, I want to, oh, I want to shake you. 
<laughs> but you know, you, sometimes you, I love those. I love nothing more than a bunch of weird little guys in my yeah. mentions just being weird. Yeah, you yeah. gotta love them. Too. I mean, that's the thing. Ultimately, if you approach the weirdness people more with curiosity than with judgment, you're always gonna have a better time. Absolutely. Because, I mean, once you get to a certain level, a certain platform, not even like a necessarily huge one, like it could mm-hmm. just be 10K followers or whatever, like you will start to get some of those guys, you know? Yeah. Was there ever a time that you got like too combative and you had to like rein yourself back? Hmm. I think so. Um, it's It's been a while, though. Let me let me think. Um, yeah, there was there was there was like a time. Um So this was before I had like kind of a lot of like my platform, uh, like a lot of people before a lot of people followed me, maybe even before you did. Yeah. But the time I was canceled, (laughs) you were canceled. I was I was canceled back in um, back in like 2021. Um, It it was like super it was a while ago now. Yeah. So I had like I think in that time I had like 7000 followers. I was I was really I was just a baby, just a posting baby at this time. And I made this joke. that was i mean it, it was a very it wasn't even like that clever it was just something i posted it yeah. was it was basically if i remember correctly word for word we need a slur for capitalists oh, you know okay. I just, it was just yeah. like a really simple easy yeah post. It, yeah yeah um, it's not you're not saying that we, and were people like um are you a slur supporter do you support <laughs> yeah. slurs yeah no people people genuinely and it's like some of my mutuals at the time <laughs> no uh, got no. like quote tweeted me yeah they they started opening opening open firing on me some of my old mutuals back in like 2021 and mm. i became i lost like close to probably 800 followers for that post and and the result like and my response to these people because i was basically just like are you guys serious about this like what the fuck is like what are you guys what's going on mm. <laughs> i just basically basically couldn't believe that that is like the thing that led to my my um early cancellation yeah um, so and i can you know i kind of got in in the weeds i started arguing with people uh that were i thought it was very silly that people were genuinely this mad at me yeah. about that but um but yeah no I, I would say that's like the the like the time where i was like I've got because like I've gotten in arguments with people that like mm-hmm. don't really matter to me like you know right wingers I I yeah. still kind of do that to this day but in terms of like in like a, an adjacent community that I've gotten in arguments with I would probably say that was like one of the last times yeah because like after that experience I lost a ton of mutuals at that time and end up a ton of people unfollowed me which like eight hundred like if eight hundred people unfollow you when you have like 7,000 followers, that kind of, that, that feels big. That yeah. Felt like yeah. End. That's a big chunk. Yeah. It's, but yeah, and, uh, you continue to like, post. I did. I, and there was a point where I genuinely was like, you know, I'm just going to delete my Twitter. Like during that, I was like, you know, this <laughs> yeah. just kind of sucks. I hate this. Got and demoralized, I, I, was, I like, I got close to deleting, which I'm glad I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my um, close mutuals at the time basically, basically was like, fuck this, like, just keep going. Like mm-hmm. this shouldn't be something that matters. Um, and thankfully I didn't because I like a year from then on, I've kind of hit this point where I'm at now, um, or that I'm very fortunate to have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, yeah, just, uh, but you, you have a very high ratio of like good posting or like, uh, (laughs) or just, I think you also have like your, your mix of the sort of levity plus the politics is very, I think that's what draws people to you. Um, yeah because yeah, it's like right. you can be serious but also you know you're not joyless like these republicans that can't watch <laughs> fucking movies or sports anymore because of bud light <laughs> is on it you know you don't you don't yeah. have that same sense of just you know and i think you know the left sort of 
I, I think there was some sort of, not accurate, I didn't encounter it as much as people said it was, but there was some sort of scolding aspect to the left, especially, you know, when Trump was around and everyone was losing their mind. And Yeah, 100%. Uh, and I think I've seen the movement largely outgrow that, or, you know, it, you just don't see it as much anymore. I think people got tired of finger wagging, at least in my estimate. Uh, yeah, whereas was... now it's the right wing who's the the finger waggers. <laughs> you know, they're the the intense can't enjoy basic pleasures anymore people. Yeah, I mean, they're not not every, but like yes, for the most part, like in popular discussion, popular culture, like right wing media and type of shit. I mean, mm -hmm. they're mad about the Barbie movie. The Barbie they're movie. mad about like everything. They get mad about everything. And I think kind of growing up as as I was kind of talking about before, in like a very right wing family of not like culturally right-wing mm -hmm. type of people but like just more like i mean you know they kind of were i guess to an extent they they bought into a lot of like the obama fear-mongering yeah. but like in terms of like you know they're they weren't my family was never like transphobic homophobic anything yeah. anything like that so i think kind of growing up with that and always having like the most left-leaning opinion in my family mm -hmm. and i'm i'm a i'm a very opinionated person in 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 the way that like i love i love to talk and i love to talk to people about different different like political ideas so mm -hmm. me me and my father like growing up i me and him started like talking about politics um when i was like 15 when mm -hmm. i was in high school so so having that like really young perspective of me being this like lefty this this hopeful 15 year old 16 year old lefty talking to my like kind of like libertarian right wing kind of a silly he's got silly beliefs kind of right wing guy mm -hmm. kind of really helped me talk in a way that was like you know not really scolding um but like in a, in a way that like i can kind of talk to any sort of uh person yeah. and have a good time like me and my dad like have such a great relationship whenever we talk politics we'll we'll usually end up laughing about it afterwards and sure yeah well we, we you know we, we reminisce about really like funny discussions we've had that i like just really irritated him mm -hmm. so it's like i feel it's a valuable skill to be able to kind of talk to any type of person and, and i feel like that's really influenced my my posting style because i kind of i've always had that like perspective of talking to people i disagree with yeah you know? absolutely curiosity rein your judgment in because the curiosity is more important why do you think the way do you do what experiences have informed the way you think you do you know there are there's always something if not intellectually deep to it something emotionally deep to it yeah which is and finding out those like little pieces of psychology is always sort of fascinating and you know alerts you to the humanity of these people uh, which sometimes you don't want to acknowledge because they actively work <laughs> against you a lot of the yeah, time. But... Yeah, yeah, like like people like Matt Walsh, yeah. not a human. He yeah, has no, no he's soul. not a. No. Yeah, there's so you can't cross a line to the point where you just you know talk about Obama being demonic. <laughs> demonic. Matt Walsh is a fucking demon. His horrible yeah. little fucking baby doll. His hor oh I hate that shit God. so much. That little I baby cannot. effigy he made of himself. That little <laughs> yeah. cherubic baby effigy. Yeah, I hate yeah. that shit. The what is what is he called? Like the diaper club, and like he'll, <sighs> like he was. He, I, there was like a video of him kind of justifying it, like when when people found out about that, and he was like, "Oh yeah, no, my fans love talking about like like the, he had like this. I, I don't. I wish I remembered off the time I had, but he had this like weird justification of like his fans being like, "Oh yeah, it's just like an inside joke, and my fans asked for it, and it's like, dude, you have some fucking weird." Weird fans yeah if this is something they asked for well yeah they're they're always like barely suppressing the most perverted <laughs> instincts of all time you know yeah it's like that was yeah. like, you look at all this crap
Crowder shit that came out recently. He's always doing this crazy gay shit all the time, and everyone's just like, well, it's better when he's doing the gay shit, because then he won't beat us and yell at us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was that recent story where it was like, yeah, he, he Stephen Crowder can't stop sexually harassing his male coworkers. It's like, <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. That's or like uh, that, that yeah. Joey, that Joey Marinino dude on Twitter. That was, I, 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 I need to check again. But at the time when I when I checked up on how many times he tweeted the phrase tranny semen in re- referring to <laughs> to bud light it was close to about 30 different times he posted about tranny uh, semen oh you so really like, people, like this a lot <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you really yeah, enjoy these, this phrase these these people I, I forget who coined this phrase i don't know if it was a poster or some sort of like academic but but sexuality is political pathology for especially the right wing oh yeah like, it is crazy <laughs> for sure it all it all st- i mean uh, the chapo has been talking about for a long time how people a lot a lot of people's political preferences comes down to a libidinal thing comes yeah, down yeah. To like i think that's maybe where i've motivation. heard of that is from chapo yeah. yeah i i mean that that sort of like i have this theory as to why the uk is uniquely transphobic because mm. i i call it the dance of repression and i think that's sort of like what motivates a lot of uh, queer phobia homophobia and transphobia as well it's like you sort of want it and but you can't allow yourself to want it but sort of that not allowing yourself to want it is part of the sexual thrill you get from it, you know? And yeah. that's what England is all about, is like, we can't have it, we must suppress, and in this suppression we get very horny. We get very horny indeed. And I think that's sort of what, that sort of tabloid culture is all part of that, where it's like, you get to talk about sex, but you also get to cluck your tongue at it and like, filthy, filthy, you know? But also you get to like, because, you know, that's what happens to trans people is get over-sexualized in that tabloid stuff media, which, you know, just leads into that dance repression, dance of repression shit. Yeah, like, I don't know. I'm sure you've seen one of these types of posts, but where, where there will be a trans person making just, you know, any sort of post. Mm-hmm. Um, and there will be someone in the replies saying, like, oh, you'll never be a real woman. Yeah. And then that person will check their likes. And they, they like, they, you you go back far enough and it's like, oh, they're liking trans porn. Oh, yeah, they of course. Yeah, it's always, yeah, always It's like, bad. okay, dude. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, because, I mean, that, there's also, like, a deep sadness is because it's like, mm, you probably want this for yourself, but you're not allowing yourself to have it. And it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, shit. You know, you yeah. you are living a terrible hell right now <laughs> that you don't even know you're in. Uh, but fuck you as well, because you're an awful piece of shit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean that's kind of one way I sort of uh, approach talking to like some of these like transphobic people. Like, so I, I obviously have a lot of uh, followers. I get a lot of people in my replies every mm-hmm. day. Every once in a while, like you know, I'll get like the the classic reply of like, "Oh, you'll never be a woman," um, intermixed with a bunch of like. Tight, like more annoying type of people like mm-hmm. to me there's two different types of transphobic people online um there's the, there's the type that are doing it for attention mm-hmm. not even necessarily that they are specifically transphobic themselves yeah. maybe they are maybe they are 15 year old vtubers or something like that yeah yeah they're just doing it because it's the funny cool like edgy thing to do because yeah. people might get triggered and then it's like the Matt Walsh types where they, you know, they genuinely believe in yeah. this project of transphobia. They have a but frothing like, at the mouth, apocalyptic, genocidal point of view. Yeah, they have like a profit motive yeah. in engaging in this. But so like sometimes when I see those people that are clearly, at least by my estimation, just kind of saying shit that might get them attention. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite thing to do is if I, if I see some of these, I'll just be like, I'll reply to them and be like, 
do you feel more fulfilled in your personal <laughs> life after saying this to me? Yeah. And so like I've done that a couple of times and, and once specifically one dude was like, you know what? I'm sorry. And he deleted his reply. He made a post on his account saying like, I, he basically was like, I'm going to become better. <laughs> that's nice. That it him. worked yeah. once. So, you it, know, it you got to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. That, I and mean, that's... yeah, that's the joke is no one apologizes on the internet, but I've seen people apologize <laughs> lots of times on Twitter. I've seen people yeah. rein themselves in, you know, it's not as, it's not as uh, uncommon as you might think. Yeah, I, d I don't think you should apologize ever. I think apologizing is weak, and you look like a fool if you apologize, unless you're wrong about the opinions that I hold. Yeah. If if, <laughs> if you're wrong, <laughs> yeah. then you should apologize. But otherwise, don't ever apologize. I mean, I apologize to get people on my back. I don't care. But it might have been the wrong move because then Movie Bob came up and said, "Congratulations on apologizing. That was really big of you to do." And to this Wait, day, was this Movie about Bob, the, that uh, art? yeah, you are not special. Yeah, I got talk about the time I got canceled, but I didn't really get canceled. The funny thing about that is I didn't lose follow i gained a lot of followers from that event so it yeah, wasn't yeah. like a eventually it, it, it was also just so silly that i couldn't like but <laughs> but i was so sad there were all these like very young people saying like you have made my suicidality go up and i'm like no no i don't want to do that you know i know you might be exaggerating or seeking attention but if you're genuine about this i'm very sorry like i was genuinely sorry and yeah, that was that was one of the things where I, I see my mutuals going after my mutuals and I'm just closing my eyes and yeah. I'll wait for the aftermath to, to yeah, fill yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the only reaction you can have to that is like, don't pour salt in the wound, just like, well, you made a bad joke, you had a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah it wasn't that bad just because of how stupid and it like it might have affected me more if i was like putting my actual opinion out there but the joke of the comic was this is a terrible thing to say to a child do not say this to a child this was the joke is this is a bad thing to say to a child but people thought yeah. i genuinely meant it or just you know so people thought i was being like a edgy you know reddit reddit guy so. Yeah, yeah. Going back to like the the old atheist type yeah. shit. Like back in the 2010s, that was a really popular thing to do if you were like a new atheist. Be like, yeah. oh, we don't matter. We're just like a tiny, tiny dot and on a tiny dot in the universe. Yeah, I mean, it's or like, it's like the earliest internet joke that I remember is the Maddox, your kids suck joke. You know, rating the kids' <laughs> paintings as F jokes. I, are you too young for Maddox? Do you remember Maddox? Um, I, I feel like this is something I do know, but I, I, I don't think I was really around um, during this time. Yeah. Uh, like, so what was the... What uh, the, was the, the gag was Maddox is like a Serbic pseudo-libertarian uh, 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 blog where he rated kids' artwork and said it was gave, gave them all F, which like in 2004 when I was 14 was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, yeah that's kind of like the, the Rainbow Fish... A gimmick Twitter yeah. account that that they would people would draw draw rainbow fish art for that Twitter account yeah. and they would just be like it fucking sucks yeah you're that not supposed like to that. be mean to kids that's that's <laughs> yeah. not what you so that's the humor and it's like you know it's sort of a played out joke but you know sometimes a played out joke will get you in trouble this what I've learned <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, no, everyone has their uh, can the moment they were canceled it's it's something thankfully that unless you're horrible enough that you don't have to like hide and fear about mm -hmm. because usually it's pretty silly uh, I think your reach uh, and also your um, your sort of willingness to go there and challenge people has resulted in 
Like, didn't you, didn't, weren't you feuding with Mr. Beast a while about, about the goddamn chocolate bars? I was. I was feuding with Mr. Beast. <laughs> That's so fun. I only became aware of this guy like six months ago. And it's like, there's this guy. He's the biggest YouTuber on earth. All of his YouTube thumbnails are terrifying looking. And he does these squid game competitions. I was like, all right, this is life. This is reality, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I've like kind of been aware of Mr. Beast for a long time. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've known about him for at least probably five years now. It was like pre-pandemic I first heard about this guy. So I had a friend in college who started dating this dude. Um, and, you know, like, I, he was really cool. I, I, I thought he was really awesome. I still, I, he's still a nice guy. I haven't mm-hmm. talked to either of them in a while, though. But basically, this dude um, started talking about Mr. Beast videos. And keep in <laughs> mind, we're like, <laughs> we're like in college. We yeah. were like 22, 21, 23, <laughs> something around that. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is Mr. Beast? Like, what the hell are you talking about? So me and my, me and my friend would just like make fun of her boyfriend a lot. Mm-hmm. Like we'd be like just talking about Mr. Beast, make fun of him. And eventually we like watched a Mr. Beast video. He yeah. was like, he decided to show us one of his videos and it, it was like one of his early ones. Oh, like the do, weird prank like, ones or the weird ones where he's giving homeless people like a couple of hundred dollars. And not like, the homeless one it was i think the specific one we watched was like filling his entire backyard or like his entire um friend's backyard with like orbeez so it was like it was like weird stuff like that and we're like this is like really strange that you at like 22 are watching like what is essentially child content like at least (laughs) at the time that's what i thought yeah i was like why are you watching like kid youtube content Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like i've always kind of had like this somewhat like off-putting opinion like i've always just thought mr beast was like kind of a weird guy yeah um there is there is a coco melon for adults quality to him (laughs) yeah exactly yeah that's exactly how i thought of him um and then i you know after after college i i didn't really think of him like about him too much i didn't really have a reason to but then he started to really blow up yeah um and then do all this like chocolate stuff and then i i started feuding yeah about the chocolate (laughs) his his source chocolate which i i don't you know i don't regret getting into that but it resulted in in a lot of really annoying people getting really mad at me and and people from those arguments still get mad at me like people (laughs) still like post that some of the old replies i left to mr beast to try to like own me and i'm like dear god yeah so like i try not to engage in like mr beast discourse yeah yeah yeah. he's so innocuous as well like like as much as i think that whole thing is sinister like there are worse people out there than mr beast maybe who knows what will yeah. happen in the future but yeah, yeah. There, there's definitely worse people yeah. out there i think i think and it's yeah like mr my opinions on mr beast aside like he he's not in like an evil dude maybe he's demonic i know there was yeah a he's, he, he, i mean he demonic. is mr Beast 666 you know he, <laughs> yeah, he appears doing great miracles you know <laughs> like there is a yeah, there is a dark-sided quality to especially like the 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 smiles the goatee as well you know you have yeah. all the devil the quality. There's, yeah there's there's no soul in those yeah. eyes when he smiles yeah no yeah. but i can't accuse him of that i don't know the i don't know the person but you know i don't like the shit i think it's you know bad for I mean, because it, it's the old thing of, like, uh, 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 the Andrew Carnegie-style charity is, like, look how good capitalism is because we can do this yeah. effective altruism through it. In- and that was, like, always my main critique yeah. of a lot of his videos and a lot of his, his charity work is, like, it's 
it is a, it is that like entrepreneurial yeah. um, altruism that we we continue to see. Specifically, yeah. the one that I think I kind of got into um, that like kind of started getting me more talking about Mr. Beast was yeah. the the shoes thing. Yeah, in Africa, where it was just like, okay, you brought a ton of shoes um, and aren't really like bringing that means to make shoes to that like city. Yeah, or it's whatever the classic Tom shoes thing. You know, uh, yeah, you remember yeah. Tom the told Tom shoes controversy when it was actually found that you know bringing them over there or there there were i forget but there, it was some detracting from the actual uh, economy of the african countries that it was yes. supposedly supporting yeah i think that was one of the examples someone um at the time was posting yeah. like they compared the the mr beast thing to that and pe- i mean people get very mad when you when you point stuff like that yeah. out and because he's mean, there, doing something there something good is happening just in sort of like this strange circuitous way that's not efficient or sustainable or yeah you know. it's 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 good in a way that's not going to actually fix the uh, the problem like yeah. it's short term maybe you know it's going to change some people's lives and there's uh, there's a genuinely good quality to it probably but it's not going to like fix the underlying issue you know yeah. it's it's the classic um I you know I I just said it's the classic but I I don't I don't know what that would be called like the the like a very classic like oh lib brained take yeah. of like oh we just have to keep giving money yeah um compared to like you know like just one more lane private one more, charity one more lane yeah. on this highway <laughs> yeah, yeah one more lane <laughs> one more lane will do it yeah that we don't have to do any sort of yeah but yeah this suicidal obsession against uh, centralization any type of centralization is socialism any type of centralization right, is exactly. communism. Um, yeah, th- this really like uh, we can't ha- do public transport because uh, the private sector uh, does everything better, which has been uh, the bipartisan knowledge since the 80s. Right. You know, everyone believed in Milton Friedman. You know, yeah, Reagan believed yeah, in was... Friedman. Clinton believed in Friedman. I'm sure Barack Obama believed in Friedman. You know, definitely. Yeah. If, if not him, his a lot of his uh, staff, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that sort of informed the idea that, you know, uh, supply side economics, you know, never really went away. We still largely hold the idea that deregulation is good and that uh, lower taxes are good. I think that is. Yeah, it's, it's more that weird dichotomy. That yeah, it's, it's like that weird dichotomy that you see in a lot of like specifically in America polling where it's like, oh, people, Americans want like free health care like people like the idea of like a national health care but then in the same poll it's like oh but americans want less government yeah it's like people just don't understand uh what they want or like ideology you know yeah which fair ideology is very confusing yeah mine doesn't make any sense uh, yeah (laughs) yeah. it's very confusing and you have to like do a lot of introspection and uh like if you're a leftist a lot lot of reading and a lot of like you know you have to do a lot of work to really make an effort to to have a consistent ideology and Mm -hmm. most americans just kind of watch tv and and just think whatever they watch is good and right you know i know i do i'm not an american (laughs) but yeah i'm not reading theory i'm not reading prudhomme get the fuck out of here see because that's homework yeah that's that takes a lot of effort that's why people like like uh reaction streamers yeah or that's what you you one of one of your best posts is doing the who was it was it uh it, it was the um subway surfers and family guy and the tactile sand and was it like michael parenti or something it was, it was, was it? michael parenti yeah. <laughs> yeah it was michael parenti over um over the yeah the subway surfers and then the moon sand yeah. cutting videos because there was there was like I, f- I forget exactly what caused this but um like I, I don't know what started this kind of content but it, it, like it was a lot of tiktok style content yeah and i don't know if you know who austin ox is that's um, i don't Hassan's. know that. 
um, Hassan Piker's like editor um, okay. for I, th- I think his YouTube or something like that. But but Astanox made like an edit very similar to that. Like yeah. he he put like Hassan clips over like Family Guy yeah. um, videos and like that sort of thing. And then I was like, you know what? You could actually do like some pra- like you could actually spread like leftist thought mm-hmm. by just like putting these old debates. Uh, uh, over this like ADHD overload content yeah. style, and I, I put that on t- uh, TikTok. And if I remember correctly, last I checked, that TikTok has like over one hundred thousand likes <laughs> it or worked. something like that. Yeah, it, it went like, super it viral. It, yeah, yeah, it went like really viral on TikTok. And I was gonna make a project out of it, and um, oh, it got two hundred fifty thousand plays. <laughs> That's a um, lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, I, I might continue that, mm. but it, it, that just kind of takes a little bit of an effort that i don't have at the moment mm-hmm. but yeah no that was that was a fun little era of <laughs> adhd overload because it does work it, it did work yeah for some reason yeah. yeah it's so i mean that's like the ongoing adhd debate you know how prevalent is it <laughs> but it, to some degree it's like everybody has fucking adhd now like if you're online at all you just develop it if you didn't have it before you have it now you know i know that's not Absolutely. how it works but that's you know it is an, <laughs> it is an actual condition which is not to detract from the people that actually like have to have the like the real intense versions of it but uh i know what you mean though it's it's like that lack it's like the the, the ability we lost the ability of of not not necessarily we we all didn't get adhd we just kind of all have um less attention span for for things that don't give immediate feedback oh yeah you know it's because like you you can read and i have several books that i'm looking at right now where it's like you know i should i should read those Mm -hmm. i have started a book over there and it's i really want to read it but it's just so much easier to pick up my phone and you get that instant um hit you know i could just post she she goblin on my mode till i whatever you i could just post anything like yeah, that yeah. and and get like a bunch of people saying lol mm-hmm. and it, it fuels that that adhd mindset that we have mm-hmm. there, like there is a truth in those people that are like uh social media is ruining the brains of of kids and it's like there's kind of a truth yeah. to it, but also like like i don't know i don't want to be reactionary not be in the like, way no. that they think you know there's a, i mean right. that's the that's the thing about like the QAnon people yes there is a cabal of pedophiles at the highest pa- <laughs> not the ones you're thinking of <laughs> yeah. you, have, you have accused the wrong people of being but there are <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 no it's it, that, that's always the problem is a lot of these like right wingers will will approach a topic like that and on the surface it's like oh maybe they have a point and it's I mean, it's like they don't obviously mm-hmm. but they, they always they always are like very surface level yeah. uh it's richmond and richmond yeah. yeah it's richmond north of richmond it's like yeah we all hate richmond yeah fuck those guys <laughs> yeah fuck fat people oh those all those jews all in jewville you know <laughs> <laughs> that's that's immediately what I thought of when I heard of this. Oh, the Jews oh, up yeah. there in New York and Hymie Town, you know. They're... Yeah, and the, and and like you can also see the reaction, uh, uh, like to that where it's like, oh, Matt Walsh loves this video. Oh, yeah. Elon Musk follows this guy that's talking about the rich man. Yeah. Okay, what's going on here? Why why are all these rich men um, on the side of this yeah. supposedly class conscious? working dude who just has his guitar and his soul you know yeah yeah yeah. it's like maybe it's because there's uh something underlying here that is reactionary Mm -hmm. but you know i think no we all dislike fat people on welfare that's (laughs) why are why are people so i i had this like on one of my one of my stupid bonus podcasts I, i do these like vague ideas of like uh uh, generally animating political philosophies and one of right-wing philosophy that I've sort of become 
obsessed with my crackpot theory is anti-proportional <laughs> thought. Okay, you know, explain that. Okay, so you know when, like, uh, a Republican will point to, like, a map and it's like, looks like there's more red than blue here, is all <laughs> I'm saying. But yeah. that attitude of not being able to judge relative size or density carries <laughs> over in all political attitudes, like... Uh, like the example I used was like Jordan Peterson saying, well, I'm going to go to jail if I don't use pronouns correctly. Yeah. Maybe uh, like if 14 very unlikely things happen. Yes. You know, but the problem is like the, this very small potential problem you have accentuated into something very large. And I think that's sort of like a quality of, um, you know, the, these Matt Walsh types or these Elon types is they, they've taken, these petty social justice issues that really don't affect anyone that much. I mean, obviously they, <laughs> they, uh, they hammer on it because it gets eyeballs on them and it's, you know, something that it, people are into now for whatever reason, which is part of the motivation behind it. But it's also like this understand something that is small and doesn't affect them suddenly becomes the largest thing in the world, you know, just no, at least, you know, in the eighties, Republicans had more of a claim to the idea that even though they weren't, they were obviously irrational, but at least it was like Milton Friedman, right? You know, this <laughs> is, had, this like, is logic, you know, this is, yeah, they, they, exactly. They had an actual intelligentsia, but now it's just all about these petty personal grievances that like these interactions, like God sod fearing that, Oh, uh, they're going to all make fun of me and point and laugh at me if I get the pronouns wrong of the Starbucks barista. It's like, <laughs> what? This is anti-proportional yeah. thought. This is not the relative <laughs> size of the problem you're assessing is not as large as you think it is. And that's sort of become my an undergirding factor of how to understand the current right wing mode. Yeah, no, you're so right. There was a, there was a post. I forget who made it. It might have even been that Pearl person. Who, who, <laughs> Good old Pearl. Uh, who the hell yeah, is the, the... A, a new posting legend is born? A new yeah. a new wonderful freak. A wonderkin. Yeah, yeah. I lo love her. What a what a fascinating person. Yeah. Um, just so it it's like the her. movie of this crazy Texas lady with the high pitched <laughs> voice. It's just, you're like from the movie that just came out. <laughs> But no, one of I feel like this post didn't get as much of attention, of course, as her Jewish song or like <laughs> her thinking women can't vote. But but she made a post like a month or two ago saying like my current favorite movement leaders on the right are like Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, like online Groiper 22. And it's like like these people like that says a lot about like the modern conservative movement where like your average like weird conservative, like their favorite intellectual is like some guy that posts on Twitter. <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah, I really didn't get woke until lo-fi Republicans started turning me on to, you know. I really trusted his Diddy Kong avatar, because I myself identify with Diddy Kong. I also wear a hat and I'm uh, uh, small. I'm, I'm so... <laughs> I'm so sad I'm blocked by that dude. He's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I miss I miss Lo-Fi Republican. Yeah. One of my favorites. Bronze Age pervert. All these classics. <laughs> All these wonderful yeah. classics. Earlier we yeah. were talking about the the wonderful Cybersmith, who <laughs> I am for yeah. Cybersmith, who's every who everyone's uh, suddenly discovering because he recently posted face, and it's far more. <laughs> The most beautiful thing happened. This really weird guy also looks like a really weird guy. He's also he's got like some like his like some uh, some industrial era drip. Yes, it's crazy. He looks straight out of like the eighteen hundreds. What was amazing to me is, and I have a double chin, so I, like I like if if I like pull my face in too much, I have a chin which coalesces 
totally into my neck <laughs> is that he extended his handlebar mustache by incorporating his neck beard into it. And the illusion is seamless because his chin blends into his neck. And it's like, you know, I was amazed at that. That is very strategic neck beard use, you know? Yeah, he's so smart. Yeah. Like, he understands. He, he he follows the menswear guy. He follows his advice. <laughs> like, like, he's... he's you, you gotta go for, like slightly larger guys you got to go to the cybersmith yes for your your tips your fashion got advice it. your your uh <laughs> your uh straw purple fedoras you need a straw purple trilby <laughs> no i think it's a no, pork but, pie uh, it's a pork pie hat that he's wearing <laughs> even better you know wonderful it's so perfect yeah but no, I think I think was that before we were recording, we were kind of talking about him. Yeah, where yeah. It's like I, I I fear what's gonna happen now that he's breached. He he's he's left containment. Yeah. Of like weird sort of like left Twitter. I don't know. Yeah, he's gonna be on. He's gonna become the new Milo or something like that, where he'll get, <laughs> just get a huge amount. I, he's not, you know, he's not a gay turncoat or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> uh, he he'll have his own thing where he'll get really popular, and then everyone discovers, oh no, this guy's very perverted. <laughs> they'll find his old tw- Tumblr uh, posts. Yeah. Uh, what is oh, the human wait. pet thing? I only half under like. Didn't didn't he like post some sort of scenario about cutting someone's tendons and having them be at a restaurant so they're your human pet? Yeah, so I'll be honest, I I'm not like a, a human pet guy um, understander. I I don't I don't know too much. I kind of keep my distance with him. I just kind of occasionally see what like uh people I follow like Jenny Jenny tight pants mm-hmm. or like um um what's what's um the the dog I forget their current name on Twitter. Okay. Um, Samoyed core. Oh yeah. Um, they they they'll typically post a lot of uh, updates about the cybersmith. But yeah, like I think his the the thing that put the cybersmith on the map, it, which is a funny way to refer to being this kind of guy, um, is yeah he made like a blog post. Uh, I think it was talking about. I, I think like the whole point he was trying to make was that he didn't want to see like gay people in public. <laughs> so like, he, 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 like <laughs> oh. his his thing yeah. Like I think that's what and it was. And he was comparing so, like, it to he, human pets. Yeah, he was basically his argument was like, yeah, so I, like, do you, would you want to go to a restaurant in public and see like me with my human pet that I have like on the ground that I feed scraps? Like, is that something you would want to see? But like, he was he was making making that argument. But then it's like also kind of like a like a I don't know if it's like a fetish for him, but he kind of made that his whole thing where he was he, like wants like a human pet i don't know I, I wish i was more well read in, we, in we the don't cybersmith know, lore we don't know about the human pet aspects of it there is a human pet aspect to it though that's there all you is. need to know is that that comes into yeah. the the long posting history of this wonderful person who you know uh, once again no no real animosity. yeah he just says like awful right-wing stuff but he i guess the worry about exposing him is now he will be power he will have power now, so I can no longer approach him with curiosity. I can only approach him with judgment now. I can no longer think of him as cute and sort of innocent and in a sort of weird way because now Thankfully, yeah, I don't think, he has clout. I don't, I don't think he's, a lot of people are going to be won over by his um, his ideology of human pets and, and his, like, milking. Have you heard the, the milking uh, trans women one? No. Um, another one that he's kind of somewhat known for is he wants to create an ethical way um to to get like milk to replace like cows so he was like yeah you know we could like hook up trans women and like we can we can do like ethical sourcing of like milk that way but why trans women specifically i i don't know you know (laughs) 
<laughs> why why couldn't you, know, you use cis women? Is that because they need them for babies? Is that the or probably? Oh, yeah, yeah. Probably. I don't know. There's something. It's the cybersmith. He's got some weird stuff. He we, so uh, with the Western Kabuki. Like one of the first things that, that we did was interview the cybersmith. Of course, that's kind of that kind of that's maybe not what put us on the map, but like a lot of people were interested. We need to know time. about the cybersmith. What is yeah, going and, on with this guy? Like, because he's and not. Caleb or did you... a great. I'm sorry. Uh, you go on. You go on. I, I was just yeah. Let me. I'll, uh, Caleb did a great interview, but one of my favorite things to to tell about that interview is while Caleb was talking to him, he was retweeting specifically the cybersmith was retweeting diaper porn <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so like he's a real freak. Yeah, he rules. <laughs> you know, he kind of rules, which is like yeah, be be yourself. You know, everyone wants to think of themselves as like a Marquis de Sade style libertine, and this guy's actually you know going so far and life. living the life. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah um wow that, that have, have you interviewed any sort of other polarizing uh twitter figures on uh yeah. on western kabuki what were your last few ones so we we did um this was like right after the krasensteins got unbanned on twitter. yeah we interviewed we interviewed brian krasenstein yeah brian krasenstein um, <laughs> yeah yeah we were just like hey do you want to come on and he was like yes we were like oh, that was much easier than we thought and th- this was like before he became like a super elon dick writer yeah you know? like how he currently is oh yeah we were talking and about cloud maniacs earlier and i you know oh, i don't know if you can talk such so smack about him but you know he's the quintessential clout maniac what i will say um is I don't know when this is going up, but in a, in a a week or two we're going to be talking to him again in a much more aggressive tone. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> going to be so challenging gonna the Krasensteins. Yeah, we're we're going to do another interview where we where we kind of go. The intention is to kind of go off on them a little bit mm-hmm. more than we did because it was a very friendly. You know, we we kind of we challenged him a little bit in the first interview, but it was a very friendly interview at the time. And we ever since we put that out, we we're like, oh, like he's kind of been really awful and annoying yeah yeah <laughs> for well so many different reasons yeah the one which really turned because i had never like disliked him i was like okay here's this weird liberal media guy who uh, he's his whole bit is centrist you know he's less entertaining than jeff tedrick but his genericness <laughs> is also what makes him fascinating as well yeah he's just an interesting figure yeah, yeah. uh but yeah he started he actively posting like i made so much money off of these twitter ads <laughs> and like, dude that's this is you're you're leading people to into a scam right now. That's like uh, yeah. very unethical in my view. Uh, yeah, I mean that goes to a lot of his history of doing scams, though. So yeah. I guess we can't be too surprised. I don't know if you know that history of of him and his brother's financial scams that they got involved with. I know about their um, like children's book about uh, uh, Mueller. <laughs> That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, we we actually uh, asked him about that too, and apparently, at least from what he said, they didn't actually make too much money off of that. Uh, they only sold, they only printed like one thousand copies. So not too many copies of that exist. Didn't they have like a hot muscular Mueller in it or something like? Or am I making that? They did. A- <laughs> no, they had a very, very muscular, very like, yeah. very like, what's going on here? You, there's, there's, see, it always goes back to the sexual nature of yeah. politics. It always does. They just, people just want a big buff man yeah. to take down Trump. It's the Ben Garrison instinct too. You know, he depicts Trump <laughs> yeah. as a big muscular brick shit house. And then even Trump himself can't stop talking about how he wants to kiss the the large general large boys our largest boys look at them they're so big they're so big you know his association with vince mcmahon no but i understand that because i also you know i'm sure wwf was 
probably my introduction to homoeroticism. I'm sure, you know, that's the reason why I tend to like a, a large man as well. But yeah, who doesn't like our big... Every time you see, like, a very large, muscular person in real life, you're always like, ah, the mood is heightened a little. Like, you're in a Fellini movie or something like that. That's why John sure. Cena is so funny. You know, you, you, it's always, you know, when you're around a really huge dude, it's like... Or it's like that episode of Malcolm in the Middle where uh, uh, Hal is leading all of those incredibly muscular <laughs> men around and they're all following him. Yeah. Yeah, there's just yeah. there's sort of an inherent comedy to it as well, an inherent fascination <laughs> with incredibly... With our large boys, yeah, our very large boys. <laughs> Do you watch um, The Righteous Gemstones? Yes, I love The Righteous yeah, Gemstones. Season two, the um, Kelvin. Yes, the Kelvin yeah, yeah, yeah. Season where he just surrounds himself with like the most muscular homoerotic men. Yeah. Torsten, yeah, good old Torsten. <laughs> and then he proves himself with an act of strength at the end, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that mindset, mm-hmm. I, I, that'll never go away, and I totally get it. I mean, you're right, Ben Garrison is on the money with that. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why we talk about Ben Garrison comics. It's not because he makes points, it's because of all the, uh, like, come and like all the stuff yes. that he clearly puts into big these ass comics. hillary clinton and big ass aoc yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's always drawing huge ass yeah well that's what's like beautiful about right-wing comics especially if like they're good artists as well like i sort of have this ongoing exception uh obsession with that george alexopoulos guy yeah oh my god yeah. um and uh because especially that one about CRT where it's the child going to school and he gets traumatized by the CRT. It's like, it's so ob- psychologically obvious what's going. You're the kid. You think of yourself as the kid. You're the big eyed innocent. You want to, you know, you're always accusing, you know, queers of being self infantilizing, but that's what you, the Matt Walsh baby, you are the child. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all, it always comes back to yeah. that. It's crazy. Uh, you know, right-wing comic books um, are, are always fascinating as well. My friend who works at a comic book um, showed me like a new a new guy in the right-wing comic foray. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. I took a picture of it because um, I, I was looking at this comic and I'm like, oh my god! Mm-hmm. Like right-wing comics are just like it must be so easy, man. It must be so easy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd like to. I mean, it's it's sort of like we, I, another thing I saw that George Alexopoulos guy doing is like he made a complaint about people not paying artists enough. I think the thrust of the comic was somebody was saying, a person in a suit was saying, oh, why don't people make statuary like this anymore? And then he pipes up, his self-insert character pipes up and says, well, we could if you just pay us. And it's like, but dude, you chose the, the political side that thinks art is gay. Like, what did you, what did you want? You know, these, these people, you know, they're not going to pay for your art unless it like explicitly mirrors their, their political point of view, which is how you make your money. Right. Yeah. 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 Like long past are the days where you could just like live in a super cheap, cheap housing unit and just like kind of do your art. Um, for like no money at all. Um, I feel like that that doesn't really happen. Yeah, anymore. yeah. There there used to be more right wing artists, or there was like less of an, or probably not. I have no historical, but it's not that there aren't <laughs> right wing artists, and it's not that there aren't good right wing artists. Even you know, I would even point to someone like Clint Eastwood, like that. He makes oh, yeah, really yeah. good movies. But yeah, it's so weird to me becoming a right wing artist too, because it's like it feels like your ideology militates against the idea of art in general. 
which is, you know, why it's funny to me, like, Ben Shapiro is this failed screenwriter. You're someone who's not <laughs> capable of emotions, trying to, like, who thinks emotions are gay, trying to communicate <laughs> emotions, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it always goes back to that, like, very lib-brained thought of, like, uh, oh, right-wing voters are only, like, they're, they're voting against their own I- interests, which, like, yeah. kind of true, but, like... I, I don't know. I always have uh, weird thoughts about like, oh, you know, people are voting against their interests because it's like it's not really against their interests. No. Like it, it comes down to like a lot of economic, fa- like socioeconomic factors for these people. Yeah. But it is always fascinating when it is like, yeah, you're right. Like an artist who very clearly will never get what they want out of living, mm-hmm. believing the, the ideology that they believe in. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I mean, I guess it depends what you paint as well. I'm sure there are lots of uh, John McNaughton. Do you know about the art of John McNaughton? I don't think so, no. John McNaughton is the one that paints the sort of uh, realistic drawings of Trump with Lincoln and and the Founding Fathers. And... Oh, yes, I have. I've seen those. I didn't know the yeah. name of the artist. Uh, there was, like, an edited version where, where it, like, had Andrew Tate in it yeah. recently, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess the thing is, I, I say it, it has no emotional quality, but there is a very strong emotional quality to that, whether it be sort of, like, a surging nationalism or patriot pride or... I did. There is, but it it's not like it it's not centered around sort of communicating something universal or communicating a human experience, but rather exclusively an ideology, you know. And mm-hmm. yeah. art, which is purely ideological, usually isn't very good, you know. Even even on the left, you know, when you see like art, which is like much more didactic than it is trying to communicate like an emotional tenor, it always sort of it's it's not as good as. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Like, I, I have a fascination with, like, political music in particular. Because yeah. um, there was a period where I, I was kind of going back and listening to some Trump-era music. Yeah. Like, specifically, that was, like, addressing Trump. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dear Lord, this shit has not aged well. <laughs> like, some of this stuff really sucks. <laughs> but, like, I would go back to, like, Bush-era music. Mm-hmm. And, like, some of it maybe hasn't aged well. But, like, there were, there was a time, like, on the left where, like, bush era music kind of has aged much better than like modern yeah like art political art and i don't really know why like i would i would love to kind of like analyze if i were to like, say at least why in my opinion why it's aged better like bush era stuff did then like might be like Trump might era. be a controversial it might be controversial but i'll say like bush to me like trump arguably has an equal body count to bush because of oh, yeah. covid mismanagement but uh it seems a lot of that was you know, not specifically malicious, maybe malicious, but less malicious than George W. Bush, who actually did run an insane genocidal campaign, like, of intentional malice that killed millions of people. Yeah, just blatant lies. Yeah. Yeah. So the evil of that is much more apparent than sort of the bumbling, incompetent evil of Trump, who, you know, (laughs) did accomplish a lot of bad stuff, but was not competent enough to accomplish the sheer breadth of bad stuff that uh, Bush accomplished intentionally. I mean, Trump may have yeah. done bad stuff unintentionally, but that, you know, sort of makes him, it makes all the entire experience stupider, <laughs> like so much dumber, <laughs> which is why it's hard to be serious about it because, yeah, like it's also stupid yeah. that it's like to get worked up about it is like, you know, you, you have to go into the crevasse of stupidity yourself. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I have a I have a friend um, who who I've known for like two decades now, and she's very offline. She does not have any social media. She doesn't engage in like much news or movies. Like she's just a very offline person. She doesn't she doesn't get up in, in the discourse. And occasionally we'll like talk politics or whatever. We'll we'll just talk. And um, she asked me recently like, who do you hate more? Um, Trump or or um, Bush like she mm. I think specifically what she asked me is if if either one of those would like ru- like if they could run for president again mm. like Bush obviously can't but if he could mm-hmm. who would you rather see be president again yeah. Bush or Trump and I said like almost immediately like Trump yeah. like easily and she was like fascinated by that like she's like kind of like lib like she's kind of a lib yeah. like she she's not like super into politics but enough to like kind of be on the left yeah and she was she just couldn't believe that I thought Trump was not as bad well, <laughs> as yeah. Bush. And I kind of would like I kind of started talking about like, you know, what you mentioned, like the, the campaign of genocide yeah. against like people in the Middle East. And a lot of people just don't think about stuff like that. Yeah, because it's way over days, there. And it didn't, you know, yeah. how, no one's, they haven't heard blowback. They just got to listen to blowback, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, it was also, um, I think the thing about, what what libs especially hate about trump is that he was the one that ruined decorum you know he was Mm -hmm. the one however much we hated bush at least you know he there was some sort of process that he adhered to that was indicative of the american democracy because you know that's what libs care about anything is more than anything is processes they're robert's rules sickos you know more than anything (laughs) else they love robert's rules so if somebody (laughs) kills a million people but does it through robert's rules but it's not insane too because George W. Bush didn't wasn't even a process person. He pushed through tons <laughs> of stuff, you know, uh, yeah. without the uh, the proper channels through. Uh, uh, so, you know. But he, I mean, it's cliche to say, but like, of course, it's like he wasn't mean. He didn't say mean yeah. things about stuff, you know. Yeah. That's that. There really is a truth to like the mean tweets yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. As long as you, you present yourself with some sort of, you know. I'm just a little innocent boy, you know. I just am a Christian, you know. People will ignore the just fact a little that birthday you, yeah, boy. you murder millions of people. Uh, a million people. Let's be fair. Only a million. You know, not millions, but only. only yeah, we'll we'll, we'll lowball yeah. it here. Only, only a million. He was just a little birthday boy. He made a mistake. <laughs> he made it. The only gonna, one. He's gonna put out a ukulele video. Yeah. He's gonna apologize, and we'll forgive him. <laughs> well, he kind of did that with his fucking paintings. That's so fucking infuriating. Oh, you're painting the soldiers who died under you? That's the most fucked up thing I've ever insane. heard. That's insane. Yeah. But yeah, that, remember Ellen fucking my friend George W. Bush? He campaigned against gay marriage. What are you doing, Ellen? Uh, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, society. People, people libs are awesome. I love them. He was a nice I love old him man. So, much. so yeah. I, <laughs> I went to uh, dinner with with um, my girlfriend's family the other night, and her family is is very like libbed up, super libbed up, and I love them. I, I think they're oh, great. Yeah. But there there was one there was one person that I was talking to, and we we're talking about you know politics as as often that that comes up in just like everyday life always. And she mentioned how she. Um, when she, when she, one of the times she came and visited Chicago, she, they don't live in Chicago, but they visited uh, Chicago, stayed at a hotel, and you know how there's the Trump Tower mm-hmm. in Chicago. Um, she got a room that was like facing 
the the Trump Hotel, and she when she saw that view, she was like, I can't stay. Here. I can't look. <laughs> I can't oh, look at the Trump nice. Tower. That's kind of sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she like genuinely the way she told the story, she actually got a refund on that room. <laughs> a different room. That room. I love there was probably yeah. some, there was a lib at the desk who was like, I fully understand how you feel. It's yeah, disgusting. yeah. I thought that was so yeah. great. I just I love these people. I love libbed up people. Yeah. Like, they're so funny to me. I don't yeah. know. Because, like, to me, if I saw that Trump view, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, brother. Like, I would I would crack open a beer and, and uh, just I would salute the Trump. Yeah, it's power. real funny because, you know, it's this, <laughs> uh, this testament to the inconsequentialness of our time, to this hyper normalized yeah. world that, you know, this this clown is the one who is sending us into hell. You know, not not George W. Bush, not this sort of antichrist like, you know, uh, religion monger, but rather this fucking clown. People <laughs> yeah. thought George W. Bush was a clown at the time. No, you have and he no was. he was. At that time that was the standard of clowning we had. <laughs> but oh wow, it, we we never believed it would get this much sillier. Yeah. <laughs> uh goddamn clown world. That's that right that's that right wing <laughs> account. <laughs> this clown yeah, world. Oh my god. I hate that yeah, one too. Fuck, fuck clown world. Every uh, all yeah. my homies hate clown world. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god. Well, I think we've talked a lot on here. Do you have any plugs? Yeah, um definitely. I mean, I, I think pretty much uh I, I basically just follow me on Twitter at Juniper Juniper. It's J U N L P E R. I am mortal enemies with the person who has the actual Juniper <laughs> account because they haven't they haven't posted in like years. Yeah. So they're my mortal enemy. Um, so follow me there. Um, I'm on Blue Sky, same at if anyone's on there. And I do a podcast called Western Kabuki where we will either talk about guys that fascinate us. Like our, our most recent guy type of guy that we talked mm. about was um, MAGA rappers. Oh. So we, we kind of we delved into the MAGA rap scene. We listened Forgiato to Blow. Yeah, yep. We talked about Forgy Auto Blow. Really fun. <laughs> really fun. Um, but then also we just do kind of like low key episodes where we just kind of talk and shoot the shit about kind of current events and whatnot. Yeah. So it's we just we have fun. So follow me there as well. Hell yeah. Well, June, thank you so much for coming on the show. I've loved your posts. I love your podcast. You. I think everyone <laughs> should listen to it. Uh, and yeah, uh, we will continue posting and finding unique people. Hopefully, <laughs> well, I'll never log yeah. off. I'm never, never going it. to log off. Elon can, never. you know, Elon can come to my house personally and shove a, a rod into my eye, <laughs> and I will never log off. I will never. We'll just find ourselves at a different posting location. Yes. We'll yeah. meet yeah. again. Don't know where. <laughs> don't know when. But we'll meet again some sunny day. We always will. Awesome. Thank you for having me on. This is a lot Absolutely. of fun. Thank you. Oh, 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 oh,